Alright, and welcome back to our second, well sorry, first session of the second story of Weeknight Hero. So we just finished up Caesar's story, so we're going to move on to uh, my sister and the mutant savior, <laughs> Katie. That's about uh, right, so, yeah. Katie, how you doing? Pretty good. Excited to see where my character goes. Yeah, so um, she, uh, as I'm sure you could not tell, is based on another character, heavily, um, <laughs> and she has a dream of mutant coexistence. She is trying to go out and build a community for uh, people like her, so we're going to focus on meeting new mutants and building a team from that. So it's a team, team-based book. All right, Katie. So we'll just go into some real general things about your character. What kind? What kind of? What kind of team do you want to make? I'm thinking I want something more well-rounded than anything. Like I want to have like someone who can have like a long distance, like a short-range kind of person. I guess I'm thinking of like battles, right? Like fighting. Yeah. Like I think I want like a long-range, short distance, and someone who's a little bit more strategic. So I don't know. I'm thinking like long-range people are more like you know, with ice or fire or something, they can shoot something, right? Like Cyclops type thing. Those are long range things. And then people who are more maybe physical, like, like a beast type character for like close range type stuff. And then, um, maybe the other two, I think having someone who can fly is always good. (laughs) Good. Um, you can fly, but there's always, it's always good to have more people who can carry others. Yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking like a grab bag character or something. Somebody has somebody, a cool power, but maybe, we don't realize how it's useful until it is useful. I think that would be a really cool, like, addition to the story. Mm-hmm. Like, a jubilee, <laughs> lame, lame-ass freaking <laughs> firework powers. So we don't know when she's useful until she is, right? I don't want a jubilee. No, jubilee's powers are stupid. Yeah. So, but something so we're similar. Go, we're going heavy X-Men. Uh, well, that's X-Men just what I know. So. Type beat. Um, I know we had talked earlier about it being, like, late teens, aged just Mm -hmm. because that's who you're familiar with and that's who you can talk to so we'll draw on that uh knowledge in order to help them and get them to understand their powers better and uh face the challenges that late teens grow up with so (laughs) i don't want to have my powers like that kind of stuff well i mean you know they're uh what's the word called there are not sensitive populations where I'm sure their mutant gifts didn't make their lives easy for no, them. No, I'm 100% sure it didn't, it didn't make, make their, their lives life easy. life very easy. No. So it's hard to fit in, especially yeah. when that's all you want and you're near that age is to fit in and build those relationships. So mm-hmm. I think part of it's like building that, forming that family and that cohesive unit, but also knowing that there's going to be conflict within that family because kids aren't going to be always satisfied with what they've got. Yeah. Set rules and structure and all. I'm sure a lot of those kids maybe didn't have like rules or structure. Like I imagine, I mean, if you're thinking back to just... I don't know. I'm basing this all off of X-Men <laughs> yeah. I know. But, like, I know a lot of them don't necessarily have rules or structure because they were either abandoned or they were adopted and, you know, go from house to house, home to home. So I think that's probably where, like, our central conflict might come from. Is mm-hmm. that, like, some sort of rebellion? Yeah. Maybe maybe one of them will betray me for another another faction of, of heroes. Well, we'll leave everything, uh, you know, grounded in reality, but we'll also make it very blank slate so these characters can kind of be what you want to be them to be um they have their own traits and desires and friends and enemies and so they might not go along with everything that you do but like you said it's about building well-rounded people so i think it'd be fun if you could you know 
they can end up leaving the team or new people could join the team or if you don't feel like you worked well with this person or you're always butting heads with somebody. It's up to you to determine whether or not you can do conflict resolution or if they can't be here anymore. Okay. So, so we'll uh, so we'll leave. Are these more... So these are mutant powers, but they don't necessarily... Like, ma- is magic a mutant power? Uh, no. So I have it pretty divvied up. Okay. Um, we'll s- establish that you have, like, a house. Like, a maybe farmland that was bequeathed to you or something like that i would love that that sounds amazing i know you'd said you'd wanted it around like lake tahoe area Mm -hmm. because you really like that area sierra's more like like think i know i I know everybody every like x-men wants like dreams of like a big mansion but i'm thinking more like tiny houses like a big plot of land and like there's tiny houses for like people yeah, these kids can live in. Uh, so we so we can build something like that up there. Also, like rustic, up. rustic Professor X. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can. Well, you can be a summer camp if you're. Oh, gonna that's like that. I think would be perfect because it's more of like a place that. Because I mean, obviously they. Well, maybe some of them have families and some of them do. So the ones who don't have families could stay year round, but the you know it'd be you know part of the year that they can come up and, you know. And interact so that mm-hmm. they're not always there. Yeah. And then they you, they have time to get away, but they can come back if they need to. Yeah. yeah. So I like that. So we can, so we'll establish your tiny house. Now, do you live in a tiny house? Well, I'm thinking I might must have some sort of like crafting lab somewhere. So maybe I do, because I feel like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm imagining this like rustic person, but probably have a tiny house, but I also have like a lab, which is more like, think like, uh, like warehousey type like bunker type thing where it's not necessarily organized but there's a lot of different things going on and like it makes sense to me but not to you if that makes sense well i mean that's that's something that can really help so you establish your base um what do you want what what, you know what what do you want to call it oh man hideaway that's Um, cool is that cool the hideaway well if you wanted to be a summer camp I think the hideaway like is, is good because it doesn't necessarily, I don't know, I, I'm thinking not like the anti, the anti-X-Men, like I'm not, like not so maybe technologically and like, you know, not a mansion in New York, kind of the opposite of that, but still like an, a place to uh, learn things, Well, I guess. you have all that area that you won't get noticed in, so you can do, you can train your powers without being noticed. Mm-hmm. High elevation too, so that's helpful. Yeah. So other than that, they can also do summer camp activities. <laughs> and it's kind of difficult to do like a tactical strike in the middle of nowhere because you're not connected to any sewers. You're not, no one would happen upon your location, right. we'll say. So it makes it really easy to tell who needs to be there and who doesn't. So while you're working away here, now do you do you want a, like a Cerebro unit? I think that would be uh, probably a good thing to have just because like that is my main power and I think part of it is I think it, and just in terms of like the group where like with Caesar, Aquarius and you and, and everything is I'm going to have to be able to identify people so yeah but maybe not so ostentatious yeah. as X-Men but still the similar like idea. Well the original Cerebro was built on this idea of like the there's like a power desk there's <laughs> <laughs> like this '60s idea that I first noticed um, watching uh, "You Only Live Twice," if you know that. Uh, that like you have this this desk in like early '60s design where it has like a million things built into it, and they had like a recreational version where it was like a record player and like a TV <laughs> that like people had in their homes. So it's kind of on that same idea where they put 
everything into one big desk. So the original Cerebro was the size of a desk, and it, like I think it put out that little um, like paper where it has the little like you can tear it off on the sides, and there's dots that go <laughs> yeah, all along the it. the like printer paper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that and that's how he would determine who people are. So we can. I think though, like if we're talking about like today's tech compared to what like the, even the '90s X Men was based on, I mean nothing, not no computers are that big. Like yeah. my computer literally fits in my hand; it's like a cell phone. So I probably would say it's probably no bigger than a laptop, or no bigger than like, you know, so it has to be something small that I could fit in a small space. So I don't know if laptop is the correct thing, but some sort of machine that's laptop size. So the idea is for it to be portable. Yeah, yes. because well, because that's where tech's going these days. It's not the same yeah. thing as it was, you know, in the nineties, sixties, previously, even ten years ago. So if I can take my phone somewhere, I should be able to take my Cerebro similar, like a think like an iPad Pro size. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's what I was thinking of something like a laptop or maybe even an iPad, kind of a size to it. So we can have you construct this as your as your first big set piece. So we're going to have you um, roll for technology. So let me go ahead and roll for technology for you. All right, so rolling for the design phase, you have to put together all your plans. And so now you have mental quickness. So you can use that to build these designs out in your head and get them done incredibly quickly. So you got, so you rolled a 14 with your skill of 10. You easily beat 18 by like a lot. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you take down a task that would normally take you eight hours, now takes you two with your with the benefit of your mental quickness. So you're like, all right, I already know exactly what it's going to look like. We're going to base that on an iPad and all of that. So you, you go and you work on that, and then you have to construct the thing. So this one takes a little bit longer, but you manage to succeed. You know, if you failed, you'd build something like a contraption that kind of succeeds and fails at the same time. Yeah. Like it doesn't do what you want it to. That takes 32 hours. So over the course of like four days, you come together with this laptop sized thing that you can put in a backpack. And so it does a signal that bursts out. So we'll say that while you were building all of this, it kind of works like a radar. And because you're a mutant, you put off a weird abnormal radiation impulse something like that there's a radiation that every mutant gives off and so you're able to track that and therefore it can lead you to mutants got it so you build this in time there's uh, not a moment too soon because down in brazil there is in a freak weather pattern that's going on so i know currently it's summer here it'd be winter there right and while it's not uncommon for Rio de Janeiro to get snow, uh, which is something I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, well, snow snow's relative to your elevation, right? Yes. Like, you get snow in Hawaii. So, mm -hmm. like, when you have climate and bio changes, it's relative to where you are on the Earth's, like, hemisphere and, and your latitude, but also having to do with your altitude. So latitude and altitude, that'll, okay. that's what gives you snow. All right. Well, you know what? Let's, let's use this <laughs> because we are going to use it to track her basically okay. this this mutant that is responsible for this freak weather pattern because for a week in brazil it has shot down to blizzard temperatures and so the city can't stand to be in a week of constant blizzards like it's somewhere way further up north hemisphere so something kind of needs to be done because the entire 
country of Rio de Janeiro is shut down because of this storm. The entire country of Brazil or city of or, Rio de Janeiro? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the city of Rio de Janeiro and the surrounding areas. So the so Brazil's kind of in panic. So it's a state of emergency. So using this knowledge that you just brought up right now, I'll say that we can kind of skip the location phase of where you'd need to find her because where would you find the epicenter of like a of a weather phenomena. Well, I'd probably do some sort of uh, geography. Uh, so, like, um, Doppler radar, <laughs> like, things like that. And I'm sure, I, I mean, that's pretty easy. Like, you could just, that's a super, it's just a really quick Google search where you can even click, like, NOAA or just, like, the USGS. Even They monitor weather pretty much all the time. So I'd try to find where that's, like, centrally located. So where is, like, the concentration of that snow is pretty quick. And then I would search that. I would just go to that whatever area that is. So it would probably give me a pretty big radius, but I think I just need to be within, how many miles do I need to be in for a cerebral to work? So this works for every probably like it's three to five mile radius so i'd probably start in rio de janeiro this the the, the central city and start moving out okay. but that's where awesome so we'll, we'll tie it into your weather skills and your skill mastery and all of that and say that your knowledge of physical sciences mm-hmm. has contributed to you being like oh no i already know like i look at doppler all the time so let me pull up the doppler be like okay so if we go back it started in this area so it grew from like a small little microcell into like a giant storm that's been going on so you're like oh, okay so more likely than not it's there so from here we'll move the scene on so you just looked up the Doppler weather forecast and you went back and so you were able to determine where exactly it took place. You got it when it was a little teeny tiny weather system. So you're like, oh, it's got to be here. So you travel to Rio de Janeiro. Okay, what do you want to call your portable radar for meetings? I think I'm going to call it Nancy for like Nancy Drew because it's like a detective type thing. Oh, that's pretty good. So, yeah. it, so it, in, it finds mutants. Yeah. Where in the world are mutants? Oh, I guess I could call it Carmen San Diego. Carmen or Nancy? Um, you could do either. I don't know. Uh, no, do Carmen. Carmen? Okay, Carmen's we'll call it Carmen. We need more Carmen's. Where, Carmen's in the world. Carmen, uh, where in the world are the mutants? So you, so you do that, and so it takes your little radar, and so you follow it over to a smaller kind of like beach city of Rio de Janeiro that's really close to Copacabana called, I think it'd be like Pro, like Pero or something like that. It's P-E-R-O. I don't know exactly how you'd say it. Pero like, like that? I guess, if that's what it sounds like in Portuguese. I don't, uh, I don't Portuguese. know Portuguese. So you go there, and it's a, so it's a small town, and so when you go and you find more turbulent weather by the beach, so as you follow it over there, you see uh, two men and two young women arguing with each other on like uh, on the beach right there and so now they're surrounded by boats and everything that they've pulled in from the water because now the water's too frigid so because normally it's a vacation spot so people vacation there and they do like boating and so now they're just like in this sea of boats that they just pulled in so they're arguing with each other so like the area around them gets all like crackly with lightning and we'll we'll say that your your uh, telepathic senses kind of give you anger around this, this area. Mm-hmm. So somebody there is pissed. So how would you like to interact with these ahead of you 
this group of four people arguing. How, how many people are around them? Or are they pretty much it's, by themselves? It's just them by themselves because everyone's inside. Well, I mean, I guess I would... Um, can I dis- not disguise myself, but like hide myself somehow so I can get close to hear what they're saying? Or maybe I can just use my, tele- my telepathy. I don't know how far the range is. But I, want, I need to know what they're saying because if I approach them, it's already pretty fucking angry and I don't want to make things worse. So I need to get more information. So I want to hear what they're saying. All right. So as you approach, you, you're able to get a little bit closer. And so, well, you, you don't understand what they're saying because they're speaking in Portuguese. Oh, shit. Right. But, <laughs> but we'll say you can use nonverbal communication. And so these two young women are like really in like an aggressive stance and so they're now they're arguing with these people so everyone you know what everyone in this situation is like really on edge really really aggressive you can see clearly that the two men have guns the young women don't but like they don't seem to they're not intimidated by the guns at all is one of the things that you notice so let's say everything's about to like boil over right now so do you choose to intervene i do all right well how would you well, I take the guns away, and, well, I don't know who's the one that, who's who's the aggressor in the situation. Because mm-hmm. uh, it sure sounds like they're pretty, if they're not intimidated at all, and I don't know if these guys are, like, defending themselves, or if they're the ones that are the aggressors. So I take the guns um, telepathically, and I guess I reveal myself. Okay, so we'll, so we'll have you, like, come out from behind a boat. Yeah. And then you, so you see the guns and then you use your telekinesis. Telekinesis, not telekinesis. To, um, to rip them from their hands. So with these favaleros being, uh, minions, they will very easily fail against your telepathic powers. So you just rip them from their hands and you can throw them in the ocean or something like that. So it's thrown into the ocean. So now they're unarmed. And so the two young women that are with you then choose to act because now they're unarmed. So one of them generates like a static electricity field off of them and uses their hands to like shoot the electricity at both of them. So it knocks both of them back because their little argument has ended now. And so she had the opportunity to, to hit him. So she hits them and strikes them with lightning that's coming off of her body. Right. And so when they do that, they see you're there and now they don't know exactly to what to make of you. The one, uh, the one girl is still really, really angry. So let's say she sa- she shouts something to you in Portuguese because she's assuming that everyone she interacts with is Portuguese. She's never been outside of. And I'm, pr- I'm, I'm a little bit brown too, so I could fit in. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you know, half. Uh, there's a little Latin in yeah. here, so okay, so maybe, maybe she sees you as another Brazilian, so she speaks Portuguese to you immediately. So. Uh, you don't understand it, though, so how would you like to proceed from here? Well, can I acquire a language yes. somehow? So we can um, we can do a power stunt where you're using your telepathy to connect with each other. And if you were to put a little more effort into it, you can get it so that you're able to translate Portuguese into English, and you can translate... English into Portuguese for them. So you kind of trade minds. And so now she already has all of the training and, uh, you know, neural pathways to understand what English is as if she has been trying to learn it her entire life. So now you can both 
communicate with each other, and the other girl cannot. So you two can communicate. Mm-hmm. So Nanville, she lets you essentially know, like, what do you want? What are you doing here? And as she says that, like, a crack of lightning hits the beach right next to you. Got a bunch of sea glass. That's great. I'll collect that for later. <laughs> so, so how would you diffuse the situation? So she's already rather aggressive and intimidating. So, so I'm coming to the conclusion that she's the reason for the storm. Uh-huh. Because clearly, uh, yeah. with all the things, and I want to soothe her, I guess. So I guess through my like, because I can make people not not make her feel things, but give her like soothing energy, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. To like kind of calm her down, like I'm not here. So using my telepathic powers, I want to convey to her the message that I'm not here to hurt you. I just want to help you because it looks like you're losing control of your powers a bit. And it's affecting a lot of people. And I want to make sure that they're okay too. So how can I help you? What do you need? Okay, so we'll roll for that. So you're going to use your mental communication power to directly connect with her. And so you can get all of this over to her in an instant. So let's. So you can say things in people's minds, essentially, at 100 times the speed you can by physically saying them. So you can give her like your whole mission statement in just like a mental burst. So... We can do that, and we can roll for a persuasion. Let's do it. Okay, so let's roll for that. So you managed to succeed using the the bonus modifier of, you know, like, putting out good vibes. So you went to her and you, like, vibe check. No, so. <laughs> so you go, and so you're able to get your whole mission statement and true feelings over to her in, in that instant. So, like, in a, a thought flash, she's like, oh, you know, that that's really really cool she's always wanted to leave uh rio de janeiro she's never traveled beyond the city right she always wanted to meet new people and she's really interested in meeting new people who are also have powers like her because her powers are directly tied to her emotions she she's worried that her outbursts can and have hurt other people right so in that instant she's like oh okay so oh yeah, like, I don't, well, to go directly from being aggressive to being non-aggressive anymore, she's just like, that's really, really cool. So you guys can get into this conversation, but it's one that her, that her friend can't understand. And so now her friend grabs her and, like, forces her to leave. And so, so these people are in a relationship. Let's say that your mental connection lets you know that she's in a relationship with this other girl. So, um, she kind of like grabs her by the arm and pulls her really hard and tells her that, no, we have to leave. We have to leave because she had, because she's very controlling is the easiest way to put it. Can I telepathically or telekinetically push her or like, I don't know if it's violence is the way to go, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this person needs like talking to this person won't help. Like it probably needs to be like a show of power. So we'll do we'll do like a like a gentle shove that throws her into the water, and so when you do that, um, we're gonna have, we're gonna introduce a power or a complication to the whole situation because she doesn't see it that way by nature of her girlfriend's controlling aspect of it or the controlling aspect oh, of her fuck. of her girlfriend. <laughs> so when you push her, she worries about her first, and so when when you do that. She is on, like, a heightened, aggressive edge 
when she's around her. So when you so she automatically reacts using instinct, and so she lifts up the boats that are around you and throws them at you, is like a as a as a violent outburst. So. You have boats being thrown at you. How would you proceed with stopping these boats? I have to use my telekinesis and stop them. Okay, so let's see. And stop them and push them down, like, into the water so they don't hurt anybody. So they're just on on the upper edge of your telekinetic weight class. So you're going to have to use all of your focus. So you, you wrap them around, like, in these telekinetic bubbles. And so you're able to just pick them up and then just toss them aside. And so as you do that, so she, she's already pulled her out of the water, and they're running away from you. Uh, so would you like to follow them? Yeah. Heck yeah. So, so we'll, you'll follow them all the way back to there, uh, to, the, to the house that they're living in. So they travel a, a pretty large distance to a house that's now vacant. Right. And so... But I can use Carmen to find her. Yeah, that's true. So she can't hide from you. Mm-hmm. So you so you follow them back to their house. And so now these two people are um, homeless, or previously were homeless. So they have no income. They have no one looking out for them. And so they kind of rely on each other a lot of the times. And so her girlfriend's really aggressive, controlling nature seems a little emotionally abusive. Right? So they kind of, she has this parasitic hold on her. Like a mutant power parasitism, or just like colloquially parasitic, like so you're just saying it's parasitic. So it is parasitic. So the reason why she's so angry is because her. So what's the girlfriend's powers? So it's it's exactly that she makes she heightens her powers. But what is her power? Is to heighten other people's powers. Oh okay, but it's by siphoning off energy from. Okay. So she kind of is using her to make money and gain influence and status, but the weather controlling mutant doesn't see it that way. Her name's Juliana, mm-hmm. right? So she's using her as muscle and using their relationship in order to keep her there. And with their relationship being so chaotic, it just makes Juliana stronger. Okay, so I need to get rid of... The girlfriend, for sure. Yeah. Or stop, stop that some way because there's they cannot they can't be in a relationship together because clearly it's not good for anybody, including mm-hmm. the entire continent of South America. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, especially not Brazil. But I don't think talking to her is going to convince her. I mean, you've have you ever met a woman in an unhealthy relationship? They don't ever want to hear that. So something's got to happen to the. Uh, well, I, I feel like a vigilante. <laughs> like yeah. oh, I'm just going to get rid of her. You know, you, well, you can do that, so. Well, I mean, where can I... But if I don't... Okay, she's not going to... Juliana is not going to trust me if I get rid of her girlfriend. Yeah. But she's also not going to, like... Sh- anything I do to the girlfriend is going to create some, like, dissonance between us. So, so um, man, that's you, tough. You've got to come up with a way... Maybe I can use telepathy to make her, to help her, not make her, to help her see, like, what's going on in her relationship and how she's being used. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, no, that, that works out really, really well. So we can have you use another power step. Okay. And we can do that. So you can, like, bridge everyone's mind. So she already kind of trusts you. And so she's like, well, so you, 
initially have your conversation where it's just like she's controlling you. She's making you do things that you don't want to do. And you know that from interacting with her mentally. So if she makes you feel so bad, like, why don't you guys break up? And obviously she doesn't see it that way. So you bridge their two minds together using your power stunt. And so when their two minds come together, she's hit with this influx of... So there's a lot of control and fear and anger that she hides from Juliana. Mm -hmm. Because she's not doing it because she loves her and she's not doing it because of self-esteem. She's doing it because making her stay makes her feel more powerful. And so she and she gets all that other information where she's intimidating people and bribing people where if you don't do it, your house is going to you're going to freeze to death in your house. Right? So she gets this idea that this power play has all been about using her and at the end of the day, the the you know the coup de gras moment she gets is she realizes if her girlfriend gets caught and Juliana gets caught she's going to throw her under the bus Mm -hmm. because she controls the weather and so her power requires other people no one would be able to even notice no one would even say that she's the one who did it right so only the weather controlling mutant gets hurt in this situation Mm -hmm. so she gets off scot-free so by bridging these minds together and letting their emotions flood in of course, the girlfriend feels sorry, but Juliana realizes that she, she that this control is not love, and maybe she's just been longing for people who understand her and would respect her and love her, and so now she knows that's not it. So now she's like, you know, also I'll stop, I'll stop this whole thing, and then we and then we can figure it all out. So now she's able to break that parasitic influence. She's able to calm down a little bit more. She realizes she's not good for me. We'll toss her aside. She's got to be a lot more violent than that. Maybe she like... Okay. She, we'll, we'll <laughs> say, she will say that she like puts her in a whirlwind and throws her away. Yeah, I like that. That's outside good. and she lands in some trash because she's, she's a piece of shit. Yeah. And so she says like, so I understand you're sincere and I understand what you want to do is to create a community. She said, I, I really want to meet new people. And so she said, I guess there's nothing tying me to Rio de Janeiro anymore. So, yeah, I'll go with you. And so uh, so you'll make quick work of making sure people aren't looking for her anymore. So mm-hmm. we'll say you do a little extra mind work and you get people to be like, just let it go. So nobody got hurt severely. Yeah. <laughs> nobody died. And so... This will be a freak weather occurrence that nobody knows anything about. Got it. So you do that, and so now you are able to leave Rio de Janeiro with one more member of your team. So your first member. So she. So her name is Juliana, right? She can control the weather, and so we can figure out the specifics of that later on. But she wants to decide on a hero name, but she really doesn't know what to do. Now that she also speaks English and you speak yeah. Portuguese, <laughs> you guys can communicate. Well, Storm seems like it's already been taken. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. She wants to decide on a hero name. Hmm. We can do, like, Storm in Portuguese. That's what I was thinking, like, another language. Um, Let's see what Storm in Portuguese is. It is Tempestade. Oh. Do you want Why don't we just call her Tempest? 
Okay. Yeah. Tempest. It sounds okay. perfect. So we can call her Tempest. And so she says, I'm happy to be a part of the team. Yay. Yay. So we can wrap up the uh, the first session of, uh, well, I call it mutagenesis. Or you can call it mutagen or something like that. So mm-hmm. what, what do you think is better? Mutagenesis. Yeah, so we'll, so this wraps up the first uh, this for the first part of mutagenesis. So join us next time, as we discover more and more mutants and more about the world of mutants. So I've been Evan. I'm still Katie. Yeah, so <laughs> see you guys later. Bye.